Number one in our hearts. Number one in our hearts. Can't the 1981 <laughs> film Cannonball Run? Burt Reynolds, J.J. McClure, Dom DeLuise, Victor, A.K.A. Captain, Captain Chaos. <laughs> this movie is so outrageous. It's 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 really on the list. It's the most outrageous one on the list. The there's just the theme song, right? So the opening theme song is like Cannonball, Cannonball Run. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Our mission is to take you on a most excellent adventure through time. Buzz in the Tower is so much more than a podcast. It's the map to One-Eyed Willie's treasure. And all you have to do is sit back, listen, and repeat after me. Klaatu! Barata! <coughs> Buzz in the Tower answers the questions you didn't even know you had. Like who would win in a fight, John Rambo or Hans Gruber? Or who is dreamier, Jake Ryan or Marty McFly? So as we rank, debate, and offer fresh takes of the best of the best from 80s cinema, please remember, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to a podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Don't forget to subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For bonus content, you can find us on all social media channels by searching our handle at Buzz in the Tower. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us with topics you'd like us to talk about, visit our website, buzzinthetower.com. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, thetower.com. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Verde Media. Max, I couldn't be happier with the way our website looks. So good. Yeah. If you haven't had a chance to take a look at our website yet, you need to right away. These guys, website development, online marketing, they are outstanding. Am I exaggerating at all? It is so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend having them build you one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, look, they're the best of the best. And working with John, uh, their owner, a self-admitted 80s martial arts movie nerd was an absolute joy. Is that why you said the best of the best? That is why I said yeah. that was a tip of the hat to John. Um, they're more than our sponsor. They're our partner. And if you are looking to build a website, they are the group to go to. Uh, find their link on our website and check them out, Verde Media. Today's episode, Top 10 80s Comedy Duos. Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, Laurel and Hardy, Abbott and Costello, Spade and Farley, Key and Peel, Moe and Max. Some comedic duos are in a class of their own. If you are listening to this podcast, you no doubt love comedy, comedic duos, and realize the 80s had plenty of both. Today, we're going to list our top 10 80s comedic duos from our favorite movies. I'm Mo Shapiro. And joining me as always, the punchline to my joke, Max Sanders. And with that, let's get our laugh on. Finally, my time to shine. You are the jokester. Yeah. You want a cohesive show. I just want funny moments. This, this is this, this is, is also going to be cohesive. No. Yeah. Let's There's just, rules. I let's got just rules. Say remember when? No, 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 no. Jokes, I, humor. You are you're born for TikTok. You just want clips of things I want to laugh seven at. Seven seconds. Yeah. <laughs> seven seconds. Laugh. Move on. Oh, that's good. What do you call a cow with no legs? Uh, ground beef. There, that's not fair. <laughs> uh, moving on. Moving on. All right. So today's episode, we are going to talk about the the monster duos of comedic enjoyment. The Batman and Robin. Yeah. Of oh, that's a great duo. Uh, the not that funny though. What's what are they called? Yeah, they're kind of funny. No, but they have a name. The dynamic duo. That's yeah, what they're yeah. called. Yeah, yeah. It took me a minute. It's easy to name comedies in the eighties, right? Nineteen eighty to nineteen eighty nine. There are some amazing comedies. It's a glory time for. It's comedy. a great time for. Like we talked about how it's the height of action films. But it's also these these teen romp like it's the height of immaturity yes, comedies. <laughs> yes, yes, Caddyshack. Yeah. Caddyshack is always going to be amazing and funny. Porky's. Porky's Porky's did not age well. It's funny though. It is funny. It's very funny. Uh, so as we pluck the comedic duos that we think are the are the ten best from this era, we're gonna have some rules. You know, I always have rules. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. rules. I know. I know. Before we even hop into that though, 
what I'm really excited about today is we have a new sponsor to talk about. We do. We do. So we have been working with Kevin, the founder of 80stees.com. Coolest website ever. Ever. Uh, the product. If, you, if you're listening to the show and you're into the show, there's absolutely no way you're not going to be into this website. No, it's basically the t-shirt form of, of the, the show. Of the yeah, form, that's exactly yeah. what it is. No, and, and not just 80s movies, but 80s cartoons, 80s music, um, 80s television, and, then, and 90s too. He's going into the 90s stuff yeah. as well. So our relationship with them, it's pretty cool, right? Uh, they're giving us t-shirts. They are. We're going to wear the t-shirts, twist our arm, because that was the most yeah. fun thing that we've ever done. <laughs> we spoke with Kevin. He's like, guys, go out of the website, pick out the shirts you want. We spent two hours. Two hours going through this <laughs> website. And and because we, we, you know, we're only doing a couple of week. And then when we launch our episodes, we'll put pictures out of the shirts we're wearing. Max, you have a lovely, inconceivable shirt from the Princess Bride. I, I, I enjoy that. I shave my head just Z- like him. Gorgeous, too. gorgeous. Yeah. And uh, tell the viewers what I'm sporting today. You're wearing the classic gray Mumford Phys Ed Department t-shirt from Beverly Hills Cop. Oh man, I love this shirt. Is it from one or two? Uh, he wears it in one. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The confusion I had on what he wears is the letter jacket. Yeah, you love I, the, the letter, letter jacket. jacket is really, they don't have that on the website, but that's a, that's a cool couple thousand yeah. to get the true replica. But you and Axel Foley, you look pretty close. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. basically. <laughs> but we, so we have, these are just the two shirts we have this week. Each week we'll have different shirts on, but again. It's so cool. Couldn't be more excited about this relationship. So go to our website and go to the sponsors page of our website, buzzinthetower.com. Click on the sponsor page. It'll take you over to 80stea.com or... If you're fancy, just go straight to 80s.com. <laughs> you're going to love these shirts. Uh, pick one up. And if you buy a shirt from them, take a picture and send it to us. We want to see because they're, yeah. they're the best. These shirts are incredible. And there's so many. Like you'll go to Rocky and it'll go 87 titles. Yeah, and you're that's, like, that's why we spent so much time because we were on there literally for two hours looking through it. Okay. Okay. That's the relationship. We're super excited. And we couldn't, like I said, and later, I think I, I mentioned he's going to, their founder is going to be our Buzz in the Tower spotlight today. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, and with that, I'm going to hop into the rules. Your favorite part of any of our podcasts. That's so stupid. <laughs> you love the rules. No. We have to have rules. We have to. I want anarchy. Here's the basic outline, right? The first rule, I think, is the easiest to understand. Two people. Two people. <laughs> and and that comes into play when we talk a little bit later about some of our uh, runner-ups or must-mentions, but it's a true comedic duo, meaning it's not you know a group ensemble cast. It's those two really carrying it. The second is it has to primarily be a comedy. So we're not talking about an action film or a sci-fi film or a musical that has comedic legs to it. We're talking about something that at its core is a pure comedy. Do you have many musicals? When you're in your- well, there's a couple <laughs> musicals floating around in my head, um, but it, that's, that's the other part it has to be a comedy. The last part's a little bit tricky. So follow me on this. Are you, are you with me? No. Okay. I'll wait until you're with me. If we select a duo and we're going through our list, once we select someone, they can come up in another duo but a single duo cannot have two people in it that we selected throughout the top 10 list. Okay. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. So when we get to it, we'll explain it in case it's confusing, but it comes into play because there's a couple that we left off because of that reason. There's really no other, re- no other rules outside of that. There's a lot of rules. But that's it. That's, that's enough rules. Like three rules. Okay. Three rules. Uh, with all of that being said, do you want to hop into our number 10 selection for our 10 top 80s movies comedy duos? It's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. (laughs) That's why we shortened it for the title. It's just (laughs) 80s duos. Uh, At number 10, one of my favorite movies on top of one of my favorite duos, the 1988 outdoor thriller. (laughs) What? I guess they're all comedies. I'm just going to keep on saying the 1988 comedy. The 1988 comedy. um, Family comedy. Family comedy written and produced by John Hughes, The Great Outdoors. We are repairing our Thanos snap. Yeah. We I have, feel, feel so bad about that. We have talked at lengths about this movie. I yeah. really, do, I really do love this movie. I do too. I don't know how we missed it. You brought up the Thanos snap written and produced by John Hughes. Howard Deutsch. Uh, yep. Howard Deutsch did the directing, which he, that was his right hand guy when he couldn't do the film. Leah Thompson's husband. Yes. Props to him. Wow. Oh, that's right. I did know that. We talked about because this. he did all the he paintings like about her. her. Yeah. He stalked her. Yeah. I, yeah that was, let's not, let's not talk about that. The comedic duo that we're referring to Dan Aykroyd and John Candy. Dan Aykroyd plays Roman Craig and John Candy plays Chet Ripley. Chet, Chet, John Candy's character, and his family are going up to their cabin for a nice little vacation. And his brother-in-law, Roman Craig, invites himself up up to the cabin and wreaks ever-loving yuppie hell. Yeah. 
I mean, that's, is there a better way to put it? Well, it's twinges on that family knows how to really get at you kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, like we're wealthier than you. We know how to do things right. Yeah. You don't know how to do it. The relationship between Roman Craig and Chet Ripley, they play off each other so well in this movie. Oil and water. Uh, it, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. And it's endearing. Like that's the part too, is that they're not only, you know, giving each other hell back and forth, but then when the emotional parts come, you're vested yeah. like in the relationship. It's hot dogs versus lobster. Hot <laughs> That's a great. I love that Roman grabs the laughter tails with his hands yeah. off the grill. Yeah, like that is that's a cocky a, move. It's such a new money thing. The whole movie is just this building tension. Roman with the speedboat, the lobster tails, the giant cell phone. Yeah, yeah. Chet and, just wants a canoe and yeah. some, and some leeches to go fishing. He's, he's got the Gilligan hat on. <laughs> but it's it's a great movie. I love when he wants the pontoon boat, and Roman's like, "Are you going to retake Omaha Beach?" <laughs> Like what a great dig. He's so condescending. Like, yeah. and, and that's that at the beginning, Chet's wife is providing all this. Take it easy, Chet. Don't get mad. I at love him. her, by the way. What did she else? What else has she been in? Oh, gosh. Uh, off the top of my head. I couldn't tell yeah. you. I'd have to look it up. Oh, Annette Bening's first role. As, oh, uh, yeah. Roman's as Roman's wife. Husband. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it was his wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, some of like the highlights of this for me during this entire movie. I, I love the, the tension is built to the boiling over point and Roman and Chet are fighting and the fight all stems from how to build a fire. Yeah. And Max, I have to tell you, like this you is this every every grown man at, at their in-laws with their friends. Like if you don't build the fire right, it's just you feel this pressure of everybody watching you like, well, you're not man enough to build a fire. It challenges you at your core. It's a horrible feeling. I feel <laughs> I feel awful because I've never had that happen to me. Max, I don't even, have you ever even used a pocket knife? No. <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> they, uh, he's twisting it, right? So he says, you know, you twist it. You twist it lengthwise to simulate kindling. That's what like Roman's telling Chet to do yeah. because Chet's doing a different technique. And this leads to this fight where Roman leans in and says, I couldn't believe this when you're watching it, right? Thanks for ruining our vacation, Ripley. <laughs> and that was it. That was a snapping point where Chet had had enough. Yeah. The the bat scene. Oh, the bat's great. Yeah. 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 I mean, where they're wearing all the like makeshift stuff. Yeah. Is it weird? One of their helmets looks like Big Trouble Little China. One of oh, those. yeah, the guy. Yeah, You're right. It does right. look like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the, they're, they He's go. He's on my face. <laughs> And they're just hitting each other. Yeah. The the bear. Poor little guy. Oh, yeah. The bear, too. Like, big bear. Yeah. Big bear. He's, like, gasping for his air. The old I like the, I like the cigar on the patio. Mm -hmm. When they're just smoking, and they're like, what would you do with this place? And Roman's like, toxic waste dump, medical stuff. And Chet's like, why am I related to this dude? It's the worst. Yeah. But that's good storytelling. It builds it up. Their relationship builds up. But they yeah. play off each other great. You're the, stuck with family. Even the old, even the old 96er, right? Like, Chet's, <laughs> Chet eats the entire steak. And Roman is his, like, PR guy. And he's like, well, he's done. And the guy's like, ain't done yet. He's like, there's nothing on that plate but gristle and fat. What does Roman say to the guy? He looks at him and says, if I can get a dessert down him, will you throw in some Paul Bunyan hats for the kids? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, everything about this movie is great. It's yeah. great. It's yeah. great. Uh, that is our, for sure, our number 10. I even said I, in my mind, I would have even moved it higher. We have some other great duos, but Dan Aykroyd and John Candy, they are just perfect together in this. Yeah, this feels right. It didn't do well in theaters. I know, which is kind of sad, right? Well, it's a VHS classic, though. It is. Yeah. And it's on, even when it's on TV, I own it on DVD. I think because... that's John Hughes kind of crossed the bear in general. Yeah. It's like 80% of his movies afterwards. Well, it didn't do bad. It no. just didn't do, you know. Like him and John Carpenter have this weird, the tail end, you can see it now. Yeah. But not like now in the moment. Unappreciated in their time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Although, to be fair, John Hughes was appreciated in his time. So, but I get I get it. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Uh, any interesting fun facts? We kind of nailed fun facts on this on our John Hughes uh, episode. Uh, SNL versus SCTV I thought was cool. Oh, yeah. You know, that's right. them together. The second city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. Cool. Oh, only three weeks to shoot. That's right. You know, it's funny. I guess comedies take a very quick amount of time to shoot. All these movies were done in like a month. Right. All of them. Yeah. Five, six weeks on some of them. No, I, nice. I got that in there as well. <laughs> it's not a Judd Apatow production that takes no, like it's nine not. years and it's 30 hours. God, Judd Apatow. I like those movies. Though. I do too. Yeah. Oh, easy. We go down that rabbit hole and we'll yeah. be talking <laughs> Judd for quite a while. All right. Our number 10 pick, our number 10 pick is The Great Outdoors. Let's move to number nine. This is controversial. I'm in my so opinion. excited. No, you, it's not. You jam this down my throat. Well, I we asked our guilty pleasure episode. I love this movie, and I think it's it's definitely a comedy. Yeah. It fits the mold of what we're talking about. So what's I, wrong? You know, it, the more I even talk about it, the more I realize, like, I can't even argue it because it is a great comedy duo. We won one rom-com to get in there. I know. I know. And it wasn't when Harry met Sally. It was close. Please introduce it. This is your movie. You love this movie. 1987's Overboard. Overboard is a Woo! great movie. Uh, Kurt Russell, Kurt Goldie, Russell Hawn. Goldie Hawn. Yeah. Goldie Hawn plays the lavishly rich Joanna. Yeah, the heiress. Uh, <laughs> Joanna Staten. Also, Anne. 
any profit. Yep. We'll talk about that. Can I sum up this movie? I have like a great. Oh, you're looking. You're like, yeah. You know what? Take it. Go. <laughs> a cruel but beautiful heiress mocks and cheats a hired carpenter. When she gets amnesia after falling off a boat, he convinces her they're husband and wife, so she can pay him back with labor. <laughs> That's, That's the movie. Insane. That's the movie. The husband who tricks the wife is Kurt Russell playing Dean, Prof. Dean Prophet. The Prophet Boys, well, there are four of them. I four. always screw that up. Yeah, yeah four Prophet Boys. Pee Wee Herman one. Yeah. <laughs> who that kid just, it wasn't even in the script. He just loved Pee Wee yeah, Herman, he which is stop. funny. Yeah. This movie <laughs> shouldn't work. No. Yeah. But it's a movie that completely owes itself to the chemistry of Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Absolutely. Like and that Gary Marshall, the director, let them do their thing. A they, ton of improv. Yeah. A lot of them did yeah. a ton of improv. He seems like the coolest dude ever. So R.I.P. first of all, but he also did Pretty Woman, Beaches, and The Princess Diaries. Yeah. If you look him up on IMDb, his picture is him eating a burger and a soda. Just looking at you like, <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> like, that's the kind of guy I want directing Overboard. Overboard is... It just, it feels good. Every time I watch it, yeah. it's, like it's a feel good movie and their banter makes the movie. It does. And, and they're hilarious. And, yeah. and the impromptu piece of it makes me believe that this is really how they are in real life. Like yeah. this is how they interact with each other, how they joke with each other. Tell um, me something about my life, Dean, something not horrible. Right. He tells her how she stopped a kid from choking at Burger Boy. When she was working there and she was the employee of the year or whatever. Yeah. Oh. You jumped my bones the first night we met in a 7-Eleven parking lot. You love this movie. It's so, so good. Much. It's great. It's a great movie. Oh, and also little now reference. You know Wyatt Russell, the yeah. guy who's uh, Captain America right yeah, now, yeah. took his first steps on this movie set. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because they were basically raising their kids while they were on scene for that. Yeah. So Best of Times was released in 86. Have you seen it yet? Because I know I, I. Yeah. I've, OK, so you did. You thought it was garbage. I loved it. Uh, I remember now. Russell was great. Fun Kurt Russell's great. So there's a couple throwbacks to that, like on the clubhouse, the Pruitt's clubhouse. They um, spray paint Gigi, which was the name of his wife in uh, Best of Times. And then remember when they say Dr. Death? Yeah. Dr. Death was the name of the opposing football player. Oh, cool. So those yeah, are both right. throwbacks to yeah. that movie. Um, Max, do you want to hear my absolute, absolute favorite fact about this movie? Yeah, hit me. Olaf the bodyguard. Sven Ol Thorson. Okay. He might have the most decorated action film credits of any actor in Hollywood. What is he? Arnold's like, yeah. Okay. Conan, the barbarian Conan, the destroyer, red Sonia, raw deal, lethal weapon, predator, the running man, red heat twins. This is Arnold's buddy, right? I don't care if he's his buddy or not. Yeah. He's a six four giant <laughs> bodybuilder. And did you just hear the movies I told you he was in? Yeah. He was also in the Hunt for Red October, which is in 1990 or 91, which is why I didn't mention it, but I just did now. Yeah. That's a pretty good list yeah, to be awesome. in those movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are your favorite scenes? I've got so many favorite scenes in this movie. When he dunks her into the water bucket. <laughs> when she lost her mind. Yeah, she gets dunked in the water and she goes my life is like death my children are the spawn of hell and you're the devil <laughs> and he has his chin on his hands and he's just smiling just that kurt russell just smirk that's and really he, good. he just has such a smile on his face he just loves it for me my favorite parts of the movie aren't even the funniest they're the most tender ones like the arturo the three horns honking. yeah, yeah. Uh, when they're on their date i love that part but the comedic scenes i mean they're, they're all over the place i mean even just when she like goes after their teacher because they had they all had poison ivy and, yeah. and they're itching um oh the other part when he gets busted with the underwear in his car yeah. and and uh, his buddy takes the heat yeah. and she's like these are fancy pair you might want to get him back to your girl and you know like that, that guy was going to be played by john candy yeah, originally? yeah yeah they had him line up yeah. for it i do remember that was he he was busy doing something else right isn't that why he didn't do it armed and dangerous maybe? oh man i love armed and dangerous. i watched that last night did you yeah oh you finally watched it yeah. good uh okay number nine overboard i guess not as controversial as i thought max yep are you ready for number eight dun 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 <laughs> max this movie is so fantastic yeah i'm sorry i'm late today <laughs> One of my hamsters had an hamsters anxiety. Max at number eight. Can't, number one in our hearts. Number one in our hearts. Can't, the 1981 <laughs> film Cannonball Run, Burt Reynolds, J.J. McClure, Dom DeLuise, Victor, a.k.a. Captain, Captain Chaos. Chaos. This movie is so outrageous. It's 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 really on the list. It's the most outrageous one on the list. The there's just the theme song, right? So this is even though it came out in eighty one, for all intents and purposes, it's an it's a seventies movie because the opening theme song is like cannonball, cannonball run. That makes it a seventies movie. Yeah, because okay. it's basically like disco. It's okay. like disco music, like yeah. cannonball run. It does feel like a seventies movie. The, the song is hilarious, and the, I'm gonna skip to what I would argue is the funniest thing of the entire. All the data I have on this movie okay. is 
Burt Reynolds. This is his quote, okay? I did that film for all the wrong reasons. I never liked it. I did it to help out a friend of mine. And I also felt it was immoral to turn down that kind of money. It's five million, right? I suppose I sold out, so I couldn't really object to what people wrote about me. Five million dollars for five weeks of work. Yeah. This movie was shot in five weeks. Well, it only cost seventeen million dollars. It made one hundred and sixty million dollars. It's absurd. Yeah. I actually think it's really like it's a funny movie. I, aside from the comedic duo piece of it, the other well, part. There's tons of comedic duos. Yeah, there's a lot. That's what I say. In this movie, yeah. there are, that this is one of our rules where one of our rules tripped the meter. Because I would argue you could have said Dean Martin and Sammy Davis, Davis <laughs> Jr. They're amazing. When in this Dean movie. Martin grabs Victor's butt, and Victor just goes Geek! and just hits his head on the van. It's great. Yeah. Here's something I didn't know about this movie. It was based on a series of real races that Hal was part of. That he was a part of. Yeah. The final race that they did in 79, Yates and Hal, the the director and the writer, yep. they both outfitted that actual ambulance. That's the ambulance they used in the race. Yeah. The one that was in the movie. That's Could go wild. 145 miles an hour. And then it died. It, it didn't go very far. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah it, I, didn't know it, that. I think it like halfway through the race it like <laughs> it blew out, but whatever. The this is where we're introduced to, to Dr. Van Helsing. Yeah. I mean, we he, love him so he much. is a dude. He sticks his middle finger out and he's like this is typically the only equipment I need and puts it under his nose his entire character is, is just outrageous Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise it's the spade Farley relationship. You think so? Absolutely. It's the, here's my idiot friend. I'm going to treat him like garbage, but I love him. Dom DeLuise is like, he's constantly, even when he just strips him down to nothing at the end because yeah. he saves the dog from drowning because he, he, <laughs> he, turns captain, into, he turns into the captain. USA. Yeah. So he turns into, which by the way, when you look at that, everyone's, they're legit dying. Like yeah. they're all really laughing and can't even stop themselves. My favorite scenes probably have, have more to do with the introduction of Dr. Van Helsing than them. But uh, when they first meet him and he's got two cross-eyed yeah. <laughs> and I, like, think I don't know where you found him, but I'm Never tell me. I'm honored, sir. I'm I'm Dr. Nicholas Van Helsing, professor of proctology and other related tendencies. (laughs) You just want to talk about Nick. I do. I do want to talk about him. I'm sorry. We should talk about the duo. Talk about the duo. Go ahead. Pulled over by the cops. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And Victor's just like, why don't we fly her? And he's like, oh no. I was like, yeah, let's talk to the doctor. (laughs) Or when they have the bar, Victor's just drinking a strawberry daiquiri for no reason. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm just, you said at the beginning when you did the quote about why he was late and he goes into this like long conversation (laughs) about his hamster having an anxiety attack. Or that uh, his therapist went nuts. Yeah. Additionally, you know who's really funny in this movie? Dean Martin. Roger Moore. Yeah, he is. Basically playing Roger Moore, yeah. like when he's talking with his, his, mom. his yeah. Jewish mom. Yeah. And, and he, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the whole thing is great. Um, but yeah, Dom DeLuise, Burt Reynolds, comedic duo. They were great together. There's no one else that could have done this with each Their other. Their laughs make it too. They both cackle. Yeah. And I love when JJ's flying a plane and he's just ripping through butt heavies. Yeah. And they <laughs> land in the middle of the town to go pick up more beer. <laughs> Oh, Cannonball Run number eight. Let us mosey on over to number seven. This is a really good one. This is one you brought up. I wasn't fighting it at first, but I have such a bad taste in my mouth from the sequel that it's hard for me to appreciate it. So I watched the sequel yesterday. You did? And I think it's better than the original. That's madness. I'm I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to, we're not even going to. I'm just messing, I'm just messing with you. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I won't edit out that I just sat back in my chair and was ready to shut down the entire podcast. That's okay. Good, good. Uh, Yeah. Did you really watch it though? No. Okay, good. Please don't watch it. Uh, Tell the movie. Coming to America, directed by John Landis, not written by Eddie Murphy, but the original story was by Eddie Murphy, which I didn't realize. It's based on another story that there was a lawsuit about where a guy won $900,000. Oh, yeah. There you go. Eddie Murphy is Prince Akeem and Arsenio Hall as Semi, and this, this is a great. So a pampered African prince travels to Queens and goes to find a wife. Yeah, that's it. it. Yeah, simple, simple <laughs> premise. So simple. So can we do the barber scenes too? Because it's yeah, I mean, you could treat that as, as duos yeah. as well. Because they played. Joe Lewis is 137 years old. <laughs> I just I, every time I hear that it makes me laugh. What's the one quote that Murphy has? He's like. Ah, but he lost to Rocky Marciano. Marciano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I think one of the things you'll see is a consistency in the duos we pick is not just that they're funny together, but when you watch the two of them, you get the sense that they are actually like really good friends. Like yeah. there, there is a developed relationship where you like buy into it. Yeah. And Semi seems like the worst frat bro. He definitely is this obnoxious character. Such a suck up. Yeah. Such a suck up. When, when he's with the queen, he's like, what lovely skin the queen has. Yeah. Like just <laughs> stuff like that. And then he's wearing the polo outfit. He, and he, like, he almost destroys uh, Eddie Murphy's goals, right? Like he, by he up, wants upgrade, yeah, he upgrades the apartment. The fact that he has to work at a McDowell's, yeah. not a McDonald's. A McDonald's. I'm in badly in need of a manicure. <laughs> you got to mop your way into her. 
Bret Hart. Oh, they're so funny together. The, yeah. When they uh, stop Samuel L. Jackson breaking into McDowell's scene. Yeah. Um, Freeze you disease rhinoceros pizzle. You love that quote. I do. Uh, what are some of your other favorite uh, scenes? When they're going on the speed dating in the bar. Oh, the speed dating. <laughs> oh my God, the speed dating There's like so the two funny. rapper girls. There's Arsenio Hall as a woman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tear you apart. Yeah. And the spit take. <laughs> and your friend too. <laughs> they're falling asleep. <laughs> they, they just have good back and forth. They do. They're very fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or I like when they're waxing the window together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then the milkshake gets uh, by Soglow guy. What's his name? Oh. Just let your soul go. <laughs> uh, again, we're only talking. We're at number seven. Yeah. I think it's a reasonable pick to say for number seven that this is Akeem. They're great together. Oh, yeah. and also when they're fighting together. And oh, in the, the beginning. Yeah. I do like that. I do. And like Eddie that. Murphy's like female rights, and Antonio <laughs> Hall's like meh. It's like no. Like you definitely you've sided with Prince Akeem. Yeah, absolutely. Max, that takes us to number six. Our number six selection is the 1988 film Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Love this movie. It's a great movie. Directed by Frank Oz. You know I have a man crush His on. first non-puppet movie, by the way. Con artist Lawrence Jameson, played by Michael Caine. You need to stop that. I'm not going to say same <laughs> Michael Caine. Uh, is a longtime resident of a luxurious coastal resort where he enjoys the fruits of his deceptions. That is until... <laughs> fruits of deception? <laughs> yeah, it's the name my cologne, Fruits of Deception. <laughs> that is until competitor... Freddie Benson, played by Steve Martin, shows up when the new guy's lowbrow tactics impinge on his own work. Jameson, played by Michael Caine, resolves to get rid of him. (laughs) No more Michael Caine, I promise. Confident of his own duplicious talents, Jameson challenges Benson to a winner-take-all competition. Whoever swindles their latest mark first can stay, while the other must leave town. Did you hit the thesaurus this morning? Like, what are you doing? I am. Two con men settle the rivalry by betting who can swindle a young heiress out of 50 grand. Oh, yeah. If you want to sound like a fool, I wanted to sound like Michael (laughs) Caine. What would we do without Wikipedia? So anyways, uh, (laughs) moving on. Um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is, is one of my favorite comedies. It's. The relationship between Steve Martin and Michael Caine. Uh, see, I said it right. I didn't do it yeah. the, with my accent. The Padawan and the Jedi. And they're hilarious. I mean, is Rupric the funniest character in film? <laughs> <laughs> Mother. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, you, you've been banging on your pots again, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> why is he have an eye patch? Because he, he t- remember, that's why he had the cork on his fork <laughs> when he hit the eye patch because oh, he hurt God. himself. <laughs> it was to protect himself from uh, poking his eye out. And his applesauce. Uh, and, the, and the bathroom thing is incredible, right? Uh, he's sitting at the dinner table and he just says, excuse me, may I go to the bathroom? <laughs> And, just goes. No, first, uh, Michael Caine says, of course you may. He just sits there for what seems like a minute long pause and then just says, thank you. <laughs> it's great. I mean, it's a very mature movie. The, 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 I know it's, it's absurd. <laughs> uh, Michael Caine says his favorite scene of that movie for him where okay. he, where he thought was hilarious was when Steve Martin was in the wheelchair and he took like a and, whip and, yeah, yeah. and hit him in the legs yeah. and ran across the whole room. He like He's, winds up. Yeah. yeah. It was great. They're they're And Steve Martin just holding his head like, the, yeah, the, the facts about this movie and I, I, we didn't do a ton of facts on all of these, but some of them are incredible. This was originally meant for Mick Jagger and David Bowie. I know. Isn't that wild? That is insane. Insane. I would have watched that. Do you know almost Eddie Murphy? No way. Yeah. Eddie Murphy was instead almost of in this. Jagger instead of David Bowie. No, instead of get rid of the Jagger Bowie part and now move to the other, he was going to be uh, Steve Martin's role. That would have been good too. I think he would have been great at it. Yeah. Uh, Do you know why Michael Caine agreed to this movie? No. The only reason he did was because he realized the movie was shot in a French villa next to Roger Moore's villa, who's his friend. Oh, you're kidding. He's like, I'll go hang out with Roger. Oh, that's hilarious. So you said it before, like Jaws 3, he kind of just takes money for roles. I don't care. He can do whatever he wants. He's great. (laughs) Good for him. He, um, in addition to that, it almost was a Monty Python reunion. Oh, really? Because the other two people that almost got cast for this were John Cleese and uh, Michael Palin. And and he would have read for Lawrence. Cleese would have read for uh, Kane's character. Did you know this was a remake of an earlier movie? I'm sure the 1964 uh, David Niven Marlon Brando comedy called Bedtime Story. And it's interesting because when they asked, why were we doing this? Right. Michael Caine asked Frank Oz, why are we redoing a movie that was a commercial flop? Mm. Frank Oz says, why would you ever want to do a remake of a movie that was successful? That's it. <laughs> actually, that was like a really interesting yeah. point. Right. I mean, uh, they remade this after too, the hustler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I heard it wasn't that great. No, yeah, no. <laughs> um, my favorite scenes in the movie. I mean, Rupric is up there. The the scene when he, the scene when Michael Caine, his character is dancing with the jackal, <laughs> and the two sailors are sitting behind uh, Freddie, and he's, he and, and, him and, up, and, yeah. and and like and because like obviously you know M- Michael Caine's character knows what's really going on, yeah. so he'll dance over there and be like, Freddie, why don't you get out of your wheelchair and come dance with us? And the two sailors are just furious. Like, yeah. Why do you let him talk to you that way? And Steve Martin just looks back and says. 
well, it wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't my girl that he was dancing with. <laughs> what about for you? What do you? Well, I love that they flipped the sailors like six times. Yeah. Remember they glue his hand to the yep. <laughs> to the uh, to wall. the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like a good training montage when he's training him to be classy yep. and he's learning how to like hold flowers, champagne. Yeah. He's the wall lean. He falls over a few yeah. times. I think that's really funny. No, it is a uh, great movie. I love this movie. Uh, Max, this takes us to our number five selection. I consider this movie to be now hear me out on this because I recognize that uh, Mike Myers is in fact Canadian, but this is the Canadian Wayne's world. I, I bet you if you got an honest moment that Wayne's world would say that they begged, borrowed and stole a little bit from this. Absolutely. Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas, not Wendy's Dave Thomas. I know, right? That delicious, that delicious gentleman. <laughs> they're 1983. He's dead. They're, I know they're 1980. <laughs> they're 1983 film Strange Brew. This movie is wild. Take off your hose. It's weird. It's, yeah. it, and that's the part of it that I equate. Oh, I call it the Canadian Wayne's world is Wayne's world did this really, you know, they broke the fourth wall. They were very self-aware and that's exactly what this film did. So before we even hop into what the movie's about, it all stemmed from second city TV. They had a, they put an album out. Rick okay, Moranis. Yeah. That, yeah. Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas put this uh, album out back when their albums called the great white North. Mm. And to everyone's surprise, it sold like a million copies. Oh, really? I yeah. yeah. And so then they were able to take this idea, which is kind of the film incarnation of that album, and they were able to turn it into a film. And they were, they were kind of surprised they even got the studios to buy into it. In addition to that, MGM buys it. This is before the writer's strike. This is back when like the studios told and did whatever they wanted to do. Mm. They gave total creative control to the two of them. It makes sense. They said, go write it, yeah. go direct it. I guess probably because they didn't understand it. Yeah. And they were like, I don't even know how to touch this. <laughs> well, it cost 4 million bucks. Right. So do you want to talk synopsis? What is this movie about? So the McKenzie brothers get jobs at the Eisner Brewery and learn that things aren't what they seem. Boom. <laughs> that, I mean, that's it. The The very opening of the movie is very, uh, there's a term for it, right? Satirical surrealism. Oh, okay. Fancy. But, yeah. I, I told you I hit yeah. the thesaurus hard for this week. The beginning of this movie, you start by the MGM lion. Yep. And <laughs> it's a real lion. It's a real lion. They're yeah, cranking they're... <laughs> its tail. They then talk about, again, that fourth wall breaking. They talk about their film, and then all yeah. of a sudden they're in the theater watching their film. So weird. Which is super weird. And then- The movie it, was shot in three B. Right, three beers. three beers. Then it cuts to the actual movie itself. Yeah. As far as a comedic duo is concerned, this is a movie where people might look at us putting it at number five and think that that's a little bit odd. You either get this or don't. I it, would put I would have put this number one for my enjoyment for how much they're on screen together. Right. Because they're in every scene. Every basically. scene together. Right, yeah. right. And the- When they get separated, it's like the first time in our lives- the, so like the what? McKenzie brothers, <laughs> yeah. I know. 36 Do you remember, the, remember the scene when they walk in on their parents uh, making love to each other and it's them dressed yeah. as their parents? Yeah. The, the, there's so much absurdity in this movie and the thickness of the, hey, you hoser, I'm sorry, like yeah. the Canadianness of it. A was said 174 times. And it's clean. It's got that. I mean, it's almost like we joke about how yeah. our podcast is like super clean. Like that's their, their movie the was super clear. They were bribing someone with a jelly donut. <laughs> Jelly. They had two of them. It's, a jelly. It's, it's my last one. It's a jelly. <laughs> the, the 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 entire movie, their chemistry is fantastic. But I would understand of all of the picks that we have, this is the one where if someone contested it, I would understand because I think the rest of these movies, you don't have to have a certain taste of humor. You're going to find them funny. This is almost like Napoleon Dynamite, not in how it was built, yep. not in how it, it comes across, but people either find that movie to be hilarious or they think it's the dumbest hour and a half of their life like they ever movie. spent. I, that's, yeah. But I, Strange Brew is very similar. I love Strange Brew. I, I love Strange Brew too. So I'm glad we do because that's yeah. how we got it to number five. You know, the evil brewmeister is played by Max von Sydow. I did because I had to go back and research who he was after we did our recasting the Empire Strikes Back episode because I couldn't remember who that actor was. Yeah, I didn't mention Strange Brew. I mentioned Emperor Ming. Yep. Flash yep. Gordon. I just couldn't think of it from this. Yeah. The interesting thing about this movie too. Everything. Everything. I mean, do you, you hear about the whole Molson brewery? Like uh, they wanted to be a part of this and they, no way, really? and they backed out because there's uh there's something with like a Molson bottle scene. I think it had to do with the mouse being in it. It like made them uncomfortable. I mean, it was clearly there was not a mouse. In I, the, I know. I know. Beer. You know how big, big brands Give us are. Free beer, eh? Yeah. <laughs> the free beer part of it's great. So the, the how, end with how, the dog. Is that how beer delivery worked back in the day? You'd go to a place and you'd tell them and a little like traction thing comes out. Well, you have to remember whatever you're questioning. It's not a matter of how how it worked in the United States. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Canada. I have no idea. Yeah. Could. Yeah. I mean, they have yellow cop cars. That yeah. threw me for a loop. Come here and get free beer or he'll press charges. I love the dog scene at the end when they dress him up like a skunk. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and they give him instructions. He takes the map out. He's like, you're going to take the I-44 north and you're going to stop. And he moves his face back to the map to look at it. It's it's so silly. It's a it's a great movie. And also the uh, court scene where he has bullets oh, in his God. nose and he sneezes. And he shoots everybody. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's out there. But definitely, as far as comedic duos, the two of them together are hilarious. And Big Brother, Little Brother, inseparable duo. That's, yeah. I think we get unique vibes of each kind of uh, comedy duo. This yeah. is the family, like the actual. Absolutely. The blood brother. Totally. Family. You know, you know who they kind of remind me of is uh, Will Ferrell, John C. Riley. Yeah. Think like Step, Step Brothers, Brothers. Yeah. but think I'm a cleaner Canadian version of that. But yeah. like that, that kind of dynamic is what this makes me think of. I love when Bob drinks all the beer and he becomes the marshmallow man. <laughs> he just, <laughs> he just has to piss. <laughs> he just has to pee it all out. Uh, strange brew. All right. Moving on. Well, actually really before we move from strange brew to our number four selection, I think now is a great time to take a quick break for our ads. Yeah. The savings they give you are no joke. Well, the duo of ads that we have <laughs> may not be comedic, but it is fantastic. Mine was better. Yours was better. Time for an ad. <laughs> Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Capsiva Pain Relieving Gel. And I can tell you that if you're sitting at a table across from a guy who has to go to the bathroom every 25 minutes, True. you're going to get arthritis. You're going to get muscle soreness, psoriasis. Um, Capsiva is all Sorry. natural. It's okay. Capsiva is all natural and designed to increase blood flow for the healing and pain relief process. Uh, try it for free at capsiva.com. That's C-A-P-S-I-V-A.com. And uh, you know, Max, I'm an old man and I need this kind of stuff. It works. It's, it's, it's great stuff. Yeah, it's like Wilford Brimley in Cocoon. You know what I mean? It's, you feel revitalized. It, that's exactly what it's like. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Lindsay Larravee Photography. Uh, if you have checked out our website, hopefully you have. You've seen the amazing photos that were put up there. Lindsay, so good. Yeah, Lindsay and her team did all of those. She teased my hair. She was, she was fun to work with. Uh, just made the whole experience really exciting for us. She has been taking photos of families, children, and smiles in Metro Detroit since 2017. Um, she loves what she does, and it shows. She works with her clients, catches everything in the moment, and adores watching the connections and relationships unfold in front of her lens. If you mention Buzz in the Tower, you get $25 off any family session in 2021. You can find Lindsay on our website under our sponsors page. Uh, check her up and get some work done. She is fantastic. Yeah, she made us look good. She can make anyone look good. All right. Are we ready for our top four? Let's do it. Number four. I pray at the altar of this movie. That's weird. I love <laughs> this is another one of those movies, though, where I thought I was the only person that knew about it. And then I got older and it's like everybody knows. Yeah, about this, movie. this is a big deal. Uh, this is the directed by Ivan Reitman, the 1981 film Stripes. This movie is great for a lot of reasons. You you could easily make the case. This movie is the reason that the movie Ghostbusters was made. Really? Yeah, because Reitman's success on this is what pulled him into getting Ghostbusters moving. It's what pulled in him being one of the Ghostbusters, bringing yeah, in Bill him Murray. And, him and Ramis and Murray. Yeah, yeah, it's all the you know the 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 chemistry that took place with all this is kind yeah, of okay. movement. Yeah. So hard luck cabbie John Winger played hard by luck. hard luck. I, Max, he honestly, makes his own luck. I'm He's a lazy I, guy. I'm all for writing synopsises. Is that the right way to say it? Or is no. it synopses? <laughs> I'm all for writing these short little blurbs, but the ones that are online are so much better than the stuff I come up with when explaining a movie in four sentences. Just steal I, them. Just, I just go, I'm going to steal. I'm stealing right now. Well, don't tell people you're okay, stealing. I'm giving my footnote to Google. This is what Google said. And I agree with Google. Hard luck cabbie, John Winger played by Bill Murray. Yep. Directionalist after being fired from his job and dumped by his girlfriend. Yep. Enlist, a basketball hoop. Yeah. Though. Enlist in the U S army with his close pal, Russell Ziski, what a name, played by Harold Ramis. After his barely satisfactory performance in basic training, the irreverent winger emerges as a figurehead for a ragtag band of army misfits. I want to be a part of a ragtag band of misfits. Hey, don't you be killed? Nah, be great. However, his hijinks threaten to cause an international scandal when he inadvertently commandeers a military assault vehicle behind enemy lines. This movie's insane. It's it's fantastic. I found out some pretty crazy stuff about this movie, too. So, of course, the vehicle they're referring to is the M50 Urban Assault Vehicle. The GMC one, right? Yeah, that, that's the one that I want for, you know, that's on my list of things I want. Did I have that for my collector's No, you episode? mentioned it. I think yeah. I mentioned it, yeah. Or I think the vehicle for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> In addition, you've got Ox, who's played by John Candy, yep. and you've got Elmo, played by Judge Reinhold. Not a big part yeah. early in his career, but he's quite funny in it. There's great characters all around this movie. Uh, did you know that this originally was supposed to be a Cheech and Chong movie? No way. <laughs> yeah, it was. That's how it was supposed to be set I knew, up. I knew Ramis's character was originally the studio wanted Dennis Quaid. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, funny. so 
the the way that Ramis ended up getting into this is Murray refused to do it without him. Yep. And th- so that's that's great. Well, he's smart because he's saying Ramis could co-write it or uh, kind of chop it up on the fly. Yeah. Well, so Sean Young. Yep. Uh, again, we talked about her before. You always forget who she is. I still don't know who she is. Einhorn. <laughs> Mace Ventura, oh, yeah, Louis yeah. Einhorn. Yeah, yeah. So Sean Young, I guess, hated this and refused to work with Bill Murray ever again. Like, how'd that work out for you? Uh, but she hated all the improv. It was nonstop improv. I guess they said, like, Murray made up almost, you know, 90% of what was being said. Isn't that said. every Bill Murray movie ever? Maybe. Uh, it was for this one, for sure. The extended version of Stripes, which if you purchase on DVD, has Did a... Did you do that? No, I haven't. I'm going to after I found this out. Has, a, has nine minutes of Ramis and Murray... Tripping on hallucinogenics in the jungle. That was pulled out of the. Oh, really? I pulled out of the when he final took the acid cut for the plane. And all? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then the Do Wa Diddy song. Yeah, that now actually at lots of army bases is used as part of marching music. Really? Because of this movie. Yeah. Well, you know, army recruitment went up ten percent. I believe it. This. Oh yeah. Well, so the military well, let them do filming on base. Yeah. yeah. Which is very it was very unique. They usually wouldn't do that. Yeah. They don't make the army look great. No. Well, they, I don't know that they make them look that bad. They're Overall, like, there's like a there's like a good like camaraderie. Yeah, the, the commander is kind of bumbling though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> either way, <laughs> the, either way, they gave him permission. Um, what do you think about it? The one thing that Ivan Reitman learned from this movie is a little goes a long way. Okay. Apparently, there was an enormous amount of footage that got cut, and it was it was an incredible success. And he was one of those kind of directors and writers that wanted to have all of this different stuff, mm. and he trimmed off so much of it and had this great movie, and it kind of taught him a little goes a long way. You know, he hated the third. Uh, act of this movie though I did not oh yeah because they the budget they, they wanted turn, to do something bigger they turned it into like a war film yeah and you know it's funny it's like all these comedies watching them all the way through after an hour that's where it ends like the funny <laughs> ends it's like they try to they have to resolve everything yeah it's never as funny no that's a fair point they should just end with comedies after an hour I, I'm easy to do that I mean I, I get my laugh <laughs> and I'm end, done end it like Mr. Mom where they're on the stairs like what do we do my favorite interactions between Bill Murray and Ivan Reitman it's gotta be the push up scene right it's really good yeah the push up scene is really <laughs> Good. That, that's zero. That's something you would say to me when I'm on the floor. It's really good. I mean, even you even, just doubled your money. It's three dollars. He throws the basketball out the window. It hits the other window. I don't know. Just your friend taking your last beer. He's right. like, we'll split it. He, right. doesn't, he doesn't let you drink any of it. I love the pep talks that like Murray gives him like throughout yeah. it. I'm and, gonna kill you. But you know, when he when he goes AWOL and, yeah. he, and he just loses it on him. Yeah. Like it, again, it's they're great together. I mean, they're or hilarious. When they're gonna steal the vehicle, he goes, No. He goes, Oh yeah, no. And then it's like, I'll drive. Okay. <laughs> Like that kind of chemistry is rare. Yeah. No, they, I mean, the, the movie was wildly successful. Again, when I said it led to Ghostbusters, part of it is that they had taken what typically was like just a, a comedy, yeah. a simple comedy and turn it into like a blockbuster. Yeah. Blockbuster 10 mil boom. made 85 million. That's a pretty good uh, ROI. Yeah. Wow. Look at you using <laughs> stock terms. Yeah. They had to yeah. go to the floor, you know, <laughs> this movie just shows the best friend can cut you deepest. Like I feel this from a me to you standpoint. <laughs> I'm Bill Murray and you're Ramis. I think so. Ramus or Reitman? Why do I keep on swapping them? Because they're both directors. It's confusing. Yeah, it but is you had, confusing. You had Ramis. I had a Ramis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the mud wrestling scene is so good. <laughs> By the way, Dave Thomas, you know, I hadn't seen him in other things. You know, he's the MC at the mud wrestling. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're right. You're that absolutely ma- right. That made me happy. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, it's it's overall it's a hilarious movie, and I and going back. You're gonna to, finish basic training to to go to the to go to this concept of like comedy duos. I would make the case like who else could you possibly see in those two roles? Yeah, I love when Murray goes, "Come on, Czechoslovakia, we'll zip in, we'll zip out, <laughs> pick him up." <laughs> I love when he I love when he doesn't speak any Russian, and he just yeah. has like the bottle of vodka, and, yeah. and he like does the deadpan back at the truck, and like yeah. smiles and shrugs his shoulders. <laughs> yeah, that's great. His speech when they're all introducing themselves. And he's the big toe. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's more. I mean, that's less about their duo, but it's great. Or like small things like Russell calls John John all the time. He says his name. It's like one of those things where it's like a friend digs at you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, It's like that. Uh, Max, this takes us to our top three. Number three. The 1980 Sidney Poitier directed. It's so wildly directed. Stir this. Crazy. Richard Pryor. Three movies together, right? Yeah. Some people, myself included, could make the case that this should probably be our number one. They are so unbelievably funny in this movie. Yeah. They're like, great in everything. They're great. They really are, right? So I think their first together was uh, Silver Streak. Yep. And then the third in the 80s, at least, was See No, See no Evil, Hear no, no Evil. Evil. This is for sure the funniest of the three. Wow. Un- unquestionably. It's not even a debate. I like See No Evil, Hear No Evil. It's a great movie. Yeah. This movie is, well, I'll just tell you what this movie is. With a jailbreak offering them their only way out, a despondent duo rack their brains to figure out a foolproof plan. Fortuitously, one of them discovers an unexpected talent as a rodeo rider and, can, and, and an escape plan begins to take shape. 
at the annual prisoner's rodeo. It's insane. Okay, before we even hop into their relationship with each other, it's at least worth noting Richard Pryor was a mess. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know if you know this or not. Hair on fire stuff. Yeah. Like, so Richard Pryor, a few months before the film hit theaters, uh, after an extended binge of free, I'm reading this from his, I think it's his autobiography. Everyone knows this. Yeah. After an extended binge of freebasing cocaine, Pryor doused himself with 151 proof rum and set himself on fire. Yep. That's wild. Been there. Uh, (laughs) Jesus Christ, Max. (laughs) Along with threatening his life, his actions derailed his Hollywood career. So this is pretty wild. Uh, he and Gene Wilder, they were slated to be Billy Ray Valentine and Louis Winthorpe III. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were going to be the original trading places, and then this happened. Nobody, that would nobody, nobody would touch Richard Pryor with a 10-foot pole, yeah. and it kind of ruined Gene Wilder's career to some degree because they were this package duo. Mm. You know, Similar to, I assume, David Spate would tell you he did okay, but he was doing great when he was with Chris Farley. The chemistry between them, in this movie, they start off, they're friends. They both lose their jobs on the same day. Right. They get a job at a bank where they're wearing the wood, outfits, right? Yeah, wood, woodpecker yeah, costumes. Yeah. And they take them off. They're eating lunch. And the actual bandits that rob the bank throw their costumes on. It's a brilliant move. It is a great move. <laughs> so <laughs> they rob a bank. I'm going to do that. So they go to jail for it. Gene, Gene Wilder's um, persona in this movie is just the ever optimistic, you know, never seen the bad side. And then Harry is the more reserved, like, we're going to die. Like, yeah, this is going to be terrible. It's a good contrast. When, when, when he first breaks, when, when Gene Wilder, he takes like a baton from one of the guards to the ribs and he loses his mind. Yeah, the interaction of the two of them is just it's so funny. I mean, to, to your point, see no evil here. See no evil here. No evil. There's a couple scenes in that movie that I'm like, I to, to this day. He's in the, the he's unicorn in, ice cream cone. This, yeah. Or when he's in memories in the subway. Yeah. And his sister is like talking to him and he's like, I'm black. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah. th- There's Richard Pryor is absolutely one of the top five funniest men ever to live. Yeah. He paired up with Gene Wilder. The two of them were just, they're one of my, they're uh, Gene Wilder is great at losing it. He's great at losing his mind. I fight back saying that he's my favorite. I I struggle with this. I mean, the two that we have in front of him are good, but Mm. in this movie, they're right. The other two are better. They're good. They're good. But the other two are better. All right. Well, trying to think of my favorite scenes from this movie, like Gene Wilder gets put in the hole. Okay. And after three days, uh, what's his face? Uh, coach. Uh, why can't I think of his name? Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson is the bad guard. and, And he's like, we'll see how you deal with being in the hole. He comes in three days and he's, like you ready and he pokes that out he goes i just need one more day i'm, I'm almost <laughs> in touch with myself um the other characters like there's a, a murderer he's like the biggest murderer ever he's this big giant guy and they eventually befriend him but at first when gene wilder meets him it's in the lunch hall and it's it's terrifying yeah so gene wilder's playing his guitar and then all of a sudden that character who's like six foot three 400 pounds starts singing and has the most like beautiful voice obviously yeah of course <laughs> the movie's great their relationship their duo they are i'm saying it there's i know we have two ranks above it what? I'm not changing it. They're my personal favorite duo. They're my personal favorite duo, but we had to come to a consensus and I yeah. agree with number one and number two. You didn't fight I, me beforehand. Because I, I just, as I'm talking about it, I'm uh, remembering how much I love this movie. All right, fine. Uh, moving to number two. See, the, the, when I get through number two, I'm going to yeah. get just as excited. Let's talk about Spies Like Us. Yeah. Uh, looking for a way out of their mundane government jobs, Austin Milbarge, played by Dan Aykroyd, and Emmett Fitzhume, played by <laughs> Chevy name. Chase, amazing names, <laughs> take uh, the entrance exam for a CIA espionage program. They are immediately chosen to take part in a top secret mission in the Middle East. Soon it becomes clear that the hapless pair are being used as decoys to expose the Russians for a Cold War nuclear showdown. Pretty much. Spies Like Us. <laughs> Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd are exquisite in this film. Yeah. You know, it's originally going to be Belushi. Yeah. 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 Um, this <laughs> spies like us again, another one of these movies where I just, I felt so special for such a long period of time because I didn't think anyone's seen it. And then we start doing this podcast and it's like everyone in the world loves this movie. Well, I think 2009 family guy, they reprised the roles is actually those characters. Yeah. Wasn't the greatest episode actually. No. But the, I mean, everything about this movie, the way that Chevy and Dan, I mean, let's just hop right to it. The best well, no, facts first. Okay. Facts first. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm sorry. Do you uh, know this film originally ended with the world being blown up and the test audiences hated it? I did not know that. <laughs> and also, do you know where the bomb was going to go originally? Where it says where it's going? No. You love this. It's Detroit. Oh, there you yeah. go. Detroit. <laughs> Always a little bit of Detroit. So this might be the funniest year anyone's ever had. So Chevy, Chevy Chase, you mean? Chevy Chase. Okay. Does Spies Like Us. Yep. European Vacation. Oh, that's a good one. And Fletch. All in 84? All in 85. Or 85, 85, 85. Why can't I get the numbers right? 85. Those are great. Fletch is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, we haven't, have we talked about Fletch on the show yet? No. We need to talk about Fletch yeah. on the show. Uh, directed by John. <laughs> Do you have the Beatles White album? No. 
<laughs> directed <laughs> directed by John Landis, uh, written by Dan Aykroyd. You had mentioned originally for Belushi. I, look, let's jump into the only scene that you need to talk about to make the case for why these guys are the are the number. What do we have? The number two? Yeah. The, why why they're the number two comedy duo in 80s films? Test taking scene, right? Yeah. It's the ex- the exam taking. <laughs> and it's not. I know you're going to think it's because Frank Oz is the exam uh, at all. proctor. Okay. Because that's, you know, I love him. Yeah. When he walks in there, just the minute they walk in there, they, they, three, they, stooge, they, they have three stooge in the door. And what was he say? He, he, he was he late because he what, what, he, what was the exact same? I'm sorry I'm late. I had to attend the reading of a will. I had to stay to the very end and I found out I received nothing. Pauses. He goes, broke my arm. <laughs> then as he's walking over to his desk, he hands Frank Oz's wallet and like, says, thousand dollars. Or maybe there isn't. <laughs> you trying to bribe me? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so then he's then he's sitting down and he farts. It's the most <laughs> unnecessary thing in the world, right? It makes he, no sense. None. He farts and then it looks to, like looks to the right and left, and, and the guy looks right at this poor guy who is like, "Excuse me." Yeah. <laughs> like he felt he had to apologize for it. The, so the exam goes underway, and he starts by pulling his eye patch away from his face to look at some answers. We love eye patches, don't I, we? I do. We, I personally love yeah. eye patches. He then has like laminated little pieces of paper in his mouth on like a roll, like fruit by the foot, except it's like clear (laughs) that he pulls out to look at stuffs it back in his mouth. Pretend he's chewing gum, right? He pulls a cheat sheet from his cast at, which has a fake hand on it and then takes his real arm that the you can't so see. Fake too. Oh, it's so fake. Yeah. Then he takes, now he's both arms out visible yeah. and he's got his cast sitting there at which point the proctor, Frank Oz presses yeah. the button. So the cameras come on and start recording what's going on. He then, this is where him and Aykroyd are fantastic. He does the cough, like, yeah. uh, uh, not so <laughs> subtle. <laughs> yeah. And Finally, like coughs loud enough that he needs the, uh, what does he need? KGB. He needs to know what KGB stands yep. for. So Aykroyd <laughs> writes it out and cheats. Why does he help him? I think I, that's their, that's their dynamic, right? <laughs> Shows the answer to which, uh, to which, um, to yeah. which Fitzhume says, thank you. <laughs> and then he's like, you're welcome. It moves from that to out of nowhere. Chevy Chase grabs his head and goes, oh, I can't take the pressure. <laughs> He gets up, he's staggering around the room, grabbing people's tests, writing things down. It's so obvious. It then cuts from that scene to they're basically being reviewed on the video. Yeah. So they're with all the higher ups. And that's where you see, I think, the funniest part of the entire scene when Aykroyd's like, all right, everyone, step back. I'm a trained cardiovascular respiratory assist technician. This man needs air. In fact, all of you should leave the room immediately. (laughs) That is the beginning of the funniest comedy duo. The two of them together for the whole movie, whether it's the doctor, 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 doctor. G4 scene. Oh, all all of it. When, when just like constantly Chevy Chase is just motivated purely by his desire and Aykroyd is like the thinking man and the two of them together. They just, it's, it's great. It's like, I love that Aykroyd never really gets that mad at him. No. Yeah. No. And he's always protecting him and take a leak. You should take a leak too. You got a tent. We didn't get a tent. (laughs) I love them. They're wearing a lot of funny hats. They are. I, just, I think I think we're easily entertained by like <laughs> you and I. Yeah. I think the, the truest thing we said in this episode is you and I are easily entertained. Yeah. Max, before we go to our number one pick, there's a handful of movies that because of our my rules, I'll say my rules because yep. I'm such a draconian master of rules. Uh, there are a few movies that we we should we should mention because we probably would have slid them in there if I hadn't made some of the rules. In fact, one of them we almost mentioned, we were talking about trading places, uh, Mortimer and Randolph Duke, the Duke brothers. Are they really funny or they're just evil? Oh my God, they're hilarious, <laughs> but, but they're not the lead in the movie. So no. that, that fell off. Um, a couple other that we got one that you brought up, which was a great call Riggs and Murtaugh yeah. lethal weapon. Do you want to jump They're They're hilarious, but it's an action film first. It's not a comedy. So like, yeah, it, it, I, they're not a comedy duo. They're just have They have amazing buddy chemistry. Different job. If we were doing a buddy cop episode, they'd be number one. We will. Well, I, I, spoiler alert. They're number one. <laughs> Nobody's beating Riggs and Murtaugh. Uh, blues brothers. Yep. To me, when you made the joke about, Oh, do you know a musical? Like that's more of a adventure. What is that movie called? I don't know if I, I it, it's a comedy, but I just, it's, it's like Carrie Fisher has a bazooka. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know how to explain it. And there's like musical parts and don't kill me for saying this. I like that movie. It's long. I don't love that movie. It's too long. It, it didn't resonate with me. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah. It just didn't resonate with me the same way that these other comedies have. Who else? Caddyshack. Caddyshack. Ty Webb and Carl Spackler. Yeah. Right. I mean <laughs> that we left off. For a couple of reasons, one of which is they're not together enough. They're it, in one scene, right? but they're they're fantastic with each other. And also, we used both of them in other movies. Yeah, if we had used them, we couldn't have used uh, Bill Murray for Stripes, and we couldn't use Chevy Chase for Spies Like Us. Ty Webb's a solo act. He's yeah, he on his own carries it, and really, Carl Spackler's funniest yeah, moments Lama, are, are yeah. by themselves too. <laughs> also, Han and Chewie. Yeah. 
Again, sci-fi action film first, but they're definitely a good comedic duo. It works. Fezzik and Inigo. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Inigo yeah. Montoya. I mean, and Fezzik. Isn't Fezzik. funny, though? Fezzik's just so funny. Uh, the two of them together are hilarious. Yeah, he's a straight man, I guess. He's a yeah. Dean Martin. Yeah. 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 But it's it's a good it's a good pick. And But again, we didn't choose them because they weren't really the lead in the movie. No. And also because Princess Bride's not primarily a comedy. Yep. Uh, the Three Amigos. The three amigos I mean, only three. didn't make because there's three. <laughs> yeah. But I got to tell you something. You can be a hell of a compelling case that that trio, I put it up against anyone. That movie is absolutely one of my five favorite overall genre comedies. Yeah. Trios are hard in general. Yeah. Well, can I even, can I even think of another good one? Uh, Princess Bride, the three of them in the beginning. Yeah, but not as a comedy. <laughs> as a comedy. They're funny. They are funny, but it's not a comedy. It's not a comedy. Uh, Clark and Cousin Eddie. That's really good. So Clark and Cousin Eddie is a real tough one for me because the only reason we left them off is just because of how minor their interaction and role is, right? But yeah, there's like three or four scenes. But their time together is, oh, yeah, is so well good. spent yeah. time together. I mean, Clark and Eddie, I probably regret the most. We probably could have figured out a way to get them because we, we, we take all the movies. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you take the collection of all four. I know, dude. Yeah. But they're in, in Christmas vacation. Yeah. I mean, everything from when they're shopping with each other yeah. and getting the dog food yeah. and I, I just <laughs> everything with them is great, you know? The eggnog and the Wally World oh, Cup. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're... They're great. I, I regret that. I have regrets. Uh, let's move. Before I get too much into our regrets, let's move into our number one pick. Let's do it. I don't have any regrets about this. Even though earlier I was making the case that Stir Crazy should be number one, even if I'm looking at this on my sheet You're right such now. You're a flip-flopper. I, because, because, Max, this movie is like, this movie's so great. Yep. It's so great. Our number one comedic duo of 80s film. 1988 movie directed by Ivan Reitman, because he just does everything that's amazing. Is he of four movies in our yeah. list? Yeah. yeah, Ivan Reitman's. It's like, like him and Landis pretty much take All over. Of it. <laughs> Twins, Julius Benedict and Vincent Benedict. Yep. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito. Who would have thought? Comedic geniuses. <laughs> and Every, Arnold's never done a comedy before this. No, this oh, was no, his, in the 70s he had, but like. Uh, that's, I'm not yeah. counting that. This was his, <laughs> he doing this movie for him made a pivot in his career, changed everything. He started getting scripts for comedies because of this. Yeah. We wouldn't have Kindergarten Cop if it wasn't for this. It's a brilliant, it's a brilliant switch for him. I give him so much credit. And I, and people will say, well, you know, he was on top of his career and he had all this money, but like, it's risky to not, you know, ride the horses that got you there. Well, you know, he's, he like took this really seriously. He studied with Milton Burrow. Milton Burrow. Yeah. I did hear that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Before we get into the movie, why don't we talk about what this movie's about? Because there's someone out there who hasn't seen this movie. You got a synopsis for me? Uh, yeah. All right, hit me. A physically perfect but innocent man goes in search of his long-lost twin brother, who is short, a womanizer, and a small-time crook. That's that's the movie. Yeah. <laughs> a couple fun facts about this movie. There's so many fun facts. Schwarzenegger, because they didn't have a huge budget for actors. They gave him 20%. 20%. He made more on this money than the both Terminator movies. $35 million. $35 million. Yeah. $35 million. Do you know who this movie is going to star? originally if they decided not to do this oh, i know the story yeah, yeah. oh i know the story so arnold and danny devito well, can i stop you have what? you seen the movie suburban commando no. oh you need to okay. see the movie is Suburban. it, it is yeah. awful okay so they could have been the stars of suburban commando if they did then this movie would have starred hulk hogan and, and christopher, christopher lloyd, lloyd who were the stars of suburban commando would that have been good no okay <laughs> I, indiv individually, I love Hulk Hogan yeah. I, and Christopher Lloyd. I love Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, it, I shouldn't knock Suburban Commando. For me as a little kid, I loved Suburban Commando because Hulk Hogan was in a movie right. and so was Doc. Yeah. So I was like, this is a win-win for me. Yeah. It is not a good movie. Okay. Twins, Twins is like a, a skyscraper. I mean, yeah. it's 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 a it's a great movie. Do you know they, they, they're rushing so quickly to get this together mm. that the contract they signed, we had DeVito, you had Reitman, and you had Schwarzenegger, and you had all of their agents at a restaurant. They signed their contract on a cocktail napkin. No Danny, Danny DeVito still has it framed, oh, that, cool. that contract, yeah. the, the napkin, which is great. I was like, you know they wanted to make triplets of this movie? And Eddie Murphy was the long last triplet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2003, but oh. Arnold was running for governor. Yeah, well, he's free now. Maybe they can do it now. That would be fun. That, I would love to see DeVito, <laughs> Murphy, and Schwarzenegger. That would be great. There are so many funny scenes in this movie. Yeah. The office fight scene. Uh, I, I, I mean, one of my He's favorites. Got an axe. Just when they're just when he takes his shirt off, and Devito's like, "Jules, what's wrong with you? You've been stung by a bunch of bees. <laughs> Your back looks like North Dakota." <laughs> uh, remember when he first sees him in jail, and he's like talking, and, and he can't hear him. Yeah, and he's, he's like, mimicking him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like yeah. Benedict, like pick up the phone, <laughs> the phone. The moment I sat down, I thought I was looking in a mirror. 
And yeah, and, and he's like, "Well, we're not identical twins." And he's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> they the the dancing where he teaches them how to dance. Yeah. Tonight is your night, bro. Yeah, he says, "Bro." Yeah. And the fact that they give Arnold shorts and Converse's just makes him look with a suit. Shirt. Oh, he yeah. looks so awkward. Yeah. He yeah. looks so awkward. His just his little things like his uh, his Zen, highly educated philosophy. Yeah. You know, the first rule in a crisis situation: you negotiate first, you attack last. Yeah. Like, oh, who's the guy? The pavement was his foe. Well, who's the guy? The Instagram guy that we've uh, that reached out to us who does the best Schwarzenegger ever. I can't think of his name right now. Oh, his name's Tiny. Oh my God. Yeah. He's a he's a he's a bodybuilder, he right? He's six five two. His, his Schwarzenegger <laughs> is one of the best. Now we got to get him to do a few lines from Twins. Yeah. Um. The the second rule of the crisis situation: if you choose to bluff, you must be prepared to have your bluff called. <laughs> and then of course the third, when there was no third, they just look back and forth and they're like, "Don't you remember the third duck?" Yeah. Because they have telepathy. Yeah. Of course, because they're twins. All twins have telepathy. Yeah. And they have the little things where like they sniff the food in the same way. And yeah. Their plate, yeah. or scratch, or and he named and he named his cat uh, Julius. Yeah, yeah. And they flush the toilet at the same time. Oh my god, it's so cute. And they're dating sisters. Yeah, I mean it's perfect, right? It is. Would you go toss these cookies? <laughs> I made you some cookies. I'm gonna go toss yeah, the them. The fact that you don't understand slang is just cute too. I, the, the, the music too is like this very kind of like it's almost Muppets. It's yeah. Like, da, 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 da. The, the script was really well written. It it plays to all the strengths of Arnold. You know, it's him him lifting the car up oh god, to turn yeah. off the yeah. alarm when he's remember the, the, oh, again, when Devito thinks he's a virgin he's like you're a virgin he's like that's private he goes a 230 pound virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Twins is for sure my favorite comic. Uh, the, the two of them, Devito and Schwarzenegger, they're my yeah. favorite comedic duo. Through the lips, over the gums. Look out stomach, because here it comes. <laughs> what? Nothing. It's just funny. It's cute. You and I are kind of like twins. You're like Devito. I'm like Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. Except I'm nine inches taller than you. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> I didn't know you were six foot nine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, oh, you know Heather Graham's her mom in the flashback. Yeah, yeah, and they she didn't get credited for that. Oh, uh, no way. I, I, I read something about it. She should have got a credited cameo, but she yeah, didn't. She did okay. I think it's funny that Vincent skimmed a million dollars. What do you think? mean he skimmed a million dollars? So remember when he first finds out he's gonna get a five million dollar? Yeah, five million dollars. Five million dollars. <laughs> guy hooks it into the, in the trash bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the end, when he's talking to Julius, he goes, "Can't believe I gave away that four million dollars." He's kind of looking like, huh? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I don't think he told Julius. I don't think because they never addressed that he took the million because no, they made it seem like he was nice and clean at the yeah, end. Yeah, it's a wink. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. This classic the, Vincent. It's classic Vincent. <laughs> this is this feels right. Yeah, saying that it's the number one comedic. This is the most fun I have talking about films. all these movies. I, I well, I find yak to yak. Don't, don't talk, talk back. back. <laughs> Take out the papers <laughs> and the trash. <laughs> Well, you don't get the spending cash. What would you do if he was singing on your plane? I'd be you uncomfortable. <laughs> yak <Yuck>, yak. <laughs> So they, do you sing Charlie Brown in his towel when uh, when he first meets so. the girl? Yeah. I think it does. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, Max, with that, before we conclude, we've done our number one. It is definitely time to hop into our Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, our Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight this week is Kevin, who is the founder of 80stees.com. Uh, same for the handle on social media. You can find him everywhere. He is not hard to find. Neither no. is his website because it's a monster. It's awesome. It's it's fantastic. Every birthday you've ever seen. Yeah. They do live sellings of stuff. Yeah. It's really cool. They it's like, very cool. Yeah. His um, It's interesting. His story, which I think is fascinating. So he's it's awesome. He's about my age. Um, it's I think made in he, America kind of story. Exactly. So summer of 99, uh, he's a Penn State student and he was out and about wearing a He-Man t-shirt and he had multiple people come up to him and say, where'd you get that shirt? Where'd you get that shirt? So he goes to the store, works out a deal to bulk purchase some yep. of these shirts, hops onto a little thing called eBay because the interweb wasn't full <laughs> up and uh, and going crazy. Was that like network? Wait, what was it? Navigator network? Something like Navigate, that. Navigate, Yeah, you got Navajo, it. Just don't, you know, you're good. You're good. Don't worry about it. Uh, he sets up a store and he immediately starts selling these t-shirts. Yep. And he's like, okay, this is something I do. So he's graduating college. He's already got a job. He decides to do this at night. His first hire, his first employee was his mom, Mary Ellen. Cute. 2001, his mom's like, our house is filled with shirts. Get out. <laughs> so, so he buys a house, fills his house up with inventory. His girlfriend, who's now his wife, Brianne, joins the team in uh, 2002. 2004, they get office space. And, and the thing's a monster now. 2010, he was the Pennsylvania Small Business Person of the Year. He has continued to just grow his website, grow his product. Yeah, and, it's the coolest website. Yeah. And and so we, on top of having this new partnership with him and these awesome shirts that we're getting, we also wanted to know what his top 10 list would have been. And he did not disappoint. 
Hey everyone, this is Kevin from 80stees.com. I'm really excited that we're going to be working with Buzz in the Tower. And I have an opportunity here to do a fan spotlight. Pick my top 10 80s comedy duos. So number 10, Princess Bride with Andre the Giant and Mandy Patinkin. Number 9, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter. Number 8, Midnight Run, Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin. Number 7, Coming to America, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. Number six, Big Trouble in Little China, Kurt Russell and Dennis Dunn. Number five, The Lost Boys, specifically the Frog Brothers, Corey Feldman and Jameson Newlander. Number four, 48 Hours, Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy. Number three, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Number two, Trading Places, Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. And number one, Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. I feel like you're jealous of the fact that we didn't give Kevin rules and I gave you rules. He had no restrictions. He had none. And he's, his picks are great as a result. You got to be the fun uncle for him. You're like, I did. Have fun. It's Here's so true. Popcorn and candy. Well, I mean, we had good overlap. He picked twins. Number one, the same way we did. And he yeah. had a bunch that we talked about from trading places to, I, I mean, the one that really jumps off the page at me that we could have actually put in there was Bill and Ted. I like the lost boys. Frog brothers. Is lost good. boys is good too. Yeah. Um, I also even, even 48 hours, if it just wasn't for the fact that it was primarily an action film, yeah. I think 48 hours, the same as lethal weapon would have fit in there perfectly and he put see no evil hear no evil which is my favorite over stir yeah, crazy yeah. i know all right fine well ice cream unicorn this is good this is why we have spotlights yeah. so we can uh, discuss those things so just a reminder you can go to our website buzzinthetower.com check out our sponsors page and click to go to his website or go to 80stees.com when you buy a shirt because you're going to you're going to see these and you're going to buy one Take a picture of yourself in your shirt, send it to us, and we'll push it to our social media to give you a little love. Yeah. And Max, that takes us to another item. Every week we mention this. I just really want to drive it home. It's not a laughing matter. It's This is serious. We've just been doing a lot of comedy, and I want to take things down a notch and get real with you. In terms of endearment, Steel Magnolias. Not only should you be subscribing or following our podcast on Apple Podcast or Spotify. Yeah, and rating and reviewing. Big time. But get the word out there. I mean, really get the word out there. We we yeah. feel strong that our fans Shake are a fantastic. Yeah. On the street. Stop people. Get the word out. Tell people about our podcast, and I'm sure they'll love it as much as you. And I, other than that, had a great time doing the comedy list. It's ex- I'm exhausted. <laughs> You're always exhausted. Yeah. Do so we need to get you some like vitamins or something? I need some. Uh, what's that called? Yeah. Exactly. Stuff we advertise. No. Yeah. Capsiva. <laughs> yeah. Capsiva is not for energy, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> Max, you got the ads down. Great. Uh, great episode. Need some Verde Media. No, that's good. We're gonna. Move on. We're gonna move on. Get some '80s tees and get them on you right now. Uh, I love your I'm shirt. Right I'm excited to see what you wear next week. Yeah. It's gonna be a surprise every week. Nothing. No. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, great. All right, that's our list. Uh, love it or leave it. That's what we got. And anything <laughs> else? Yeah. There you yeah. go. You don't like it? Get out. Uh, of here. Get out of here, Max. Any any my favorite part of every episode, Max. Any closing thoughts? No. <laughs> If I had him, I'd be saying him. That's true. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's a closing thought. If I had yeah. him, I'd be saying him. Yeah. I don't have anything either other so than really uh, my gears. we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Later. Bye. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.